Gospel Message, Week 109, The Good Versus the Perfect. The Bible reference for today's Gospel Message is going to be taken from the three Gospels, uh, Matthew, Luke, and Mark. And the story that we're going to be referencing is the popular story of Jesus and the rich young ruler or the rich young man as some of the gospels depict it and we all know the story and all three gospels it's very similar in the three the account of this incident and there was a young man that approached Jesus and he he first approached him by saying good master what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? That's how he said it in the Gospel of Mark. And in the Gospel of Luke, he said, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And in the Gospel of Matthew, he said the same thing. He says, Good Master, what good thing shall I do? that I may have eternal life. So that's where the slight variation comes in because he used the word good. He said, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus answers in all three gospels the same way. He says, why are you calling me good? You know, he says, there is only one good and that is God. But then he now proceeded to answer the question. And then he said, you know, if you would have eternal life keep the commandments and then the young man proceeds to ask him which one so jesus lists a couple he says thou shalt not murder thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not steal thou shalt not bear false witness and he gives those examples in all three gospels to which the young ruler responds well actually in the gospel of mark he says uh, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Then he goes further to say, defraud not and honor thy father and thy mother. And then in the gospel of, of Luke, he also adds, honor thy father and thy mother. And then the young man responds in all three gospels. He says, not only have I kept these, I have kept them from my youth all the way up until now. So then Jesus now adds another uh, requirement or prerequisite to gaining eternal life. So in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, um, Jesus said unto him, this is from verse 21, he said, if thou will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. In Mark, he says, and Jesus, in verse 21 also, then Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. And then in Luke, in verse 22, it reads, Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, 
Sell all that thou hast and distribute to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. So here's the young man, quite confident of his achievement in obeying the commandments, the law, and he's the 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 ones to be obeyed were cited by the Lord to which the man responded, I done, check, done them all. And not only have I done them, I have been doing them since I was young. So when Jesus now adds this other thing, which at the end of the day, I guess some of us today will say, well, if Jesus is talking about commandments and he's quoting those other commandments from the list of 10 commandments, where's this other thing coming from? He says, you know, if that will be perfect or you lack one thing, says when uh, the Lord God gave Moses the 10 commandments, there was no commandment about, you know, selling your stuff, distributing your stuff to the poor and all that. There, There's nothing in the Ten Commandments about that. That's an argument that I've heard, and that's an argument, that's a mindset a lot of people have. And um, But before we even do the analysis, let's go to the very next verse after Jesus did give this prerequisite. And then... In verse 22 of the Gospel of Matthew, and from Matthew, I'm reading from chapter 19. I think I forgot to say that. So Matthew 19, verse 22, it reads, But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. In Mark chapter 10, in Mark chapter 10, in on verse 22, it reads, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. And then Luke chapter 18, verse 23, it reads, and when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. Now I know we've heard many sermons on this and of course a lot of the sermons that we've heard have rightfully told us that in this particular instance they're talking to a a man the richness there is talking about wealth you know worldly possession and accumulation of great possessions as far as quantity and maybe he even had all this influence and power attached to it because, again, one of them depicts him as a rich young ruler. So maybe he had some sort of influence over a group of people by virtue of his wealth, maybe, or being a ruler is what made him wealthy. Who knows? But the bottom line is that he was attached to his wealth. His wealth was really the determination of his life. His life had become his wealth and his wealth had become his life. So there's a lot and, and, and the wonderful thing about the gospel, especially when Jesus was teaching his disciples, it goes back to the whole thing about parables. And when the disciples asked Jesus, why do you always speak in parables? Matthew 13 is where this conversation happened. And Jesus said to them, to the disciples who were asking, 
he said, you know, he speaks to the people in parables, meaning to everyone, everyone who will, who is there to hear, because it is not given to everyone to understand. But he said to you, referring to his disciples, he says it has been given to you to understand the mysteries of God. Now, why? Why the disciples? Think about it. These are the ones that Jesus called. He came and selected them. And also, the second part of that was that they asked. They asked him, why do you speak in parables? There was an interest in why is it that, you know, it's not just plain for everyone to see. And the answer to that from what the spirit ministers to me is that, you know, those who seek will find. Those who knock, the door shall be opened unto them. Those who ask shall be given. It's like you hear something that is complicated and you can just say, oh, well, I don't understand a word that person said. And you can just go about your business, none effect. Yet if that thing that you heard Though it be complicated, if it intrigues you, you want to understand. So what one would rightly do is go to the person who said the complicated thing and ask them, what did you mean by that? What does that mean? And that's what Jesus meant when he told the disciples, it has been given to you, meaning you have me to interpret these parables to you. When you come to me desiring to know, even when your heart comes to me without you even opening your mouth, I will explain it to you. So the same thing with this parable of the rich young man. You know, we, we understand that his, his, this particular example that was used, the man, it was talking about financial wealth. But again, we've heard through lots of sermons and lots of teaching that it doesn't have to be financial wealth. It's anything that we can be attached to anything, anything that has become our life or our life is determined based on that thing. It could be a person. It could be a position. It could be our intelligence or what people say of us. It could be our reputation. It could be how we look to other people or how we want to look to other people. It could be status symbol, social status, academic status, whatever the case may be. It could even be, look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders. It was their perceived knowledge, their knowledge of the scripture, that they were the wise and intelligent ones who preached and commanded respect. That was their world, their leadership, their control, their command over these people was their wealth. You know, but what is intriguing and what just came to me when I actually listened to a sermon on this thing was here. Why did the rich young ruler come to Jesus to ask him in the first place? Why? Was it because he wanted an assurance? Was it because he wanted validation? Or was it because he truly wanted to know, what do I need to do? And I believe it is the, the, the latter. Because he didn't. He had no clue what Jesus was going to say. Jesus' answer was only known to Jesus. This young man, I believe, was in his mind an upright man. 
to himself, he saw himself as a good man, not because he was tooting his horn. At least we didn't hear any any reference to that. But I think he 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 believed he was, you know, you know what? I just want to see if I'm on the right track or if I'm not on the right track. Let me just ask this this wise man to which he he gave Jesus the title good, you know, and He's asked him, said, what do I need to do? In one of the accounts, as we heard, it says, what good thing do I need to do? Which is telling him, which is kind of what denotes that maybe he was a man who, at least he, he probably prided himself in, okay, I'm not a thief. I'm not a crook. I don't obtain my wealth from, from dubious means and stuff like that. So at least I'm an upstanding citizen. Morally, I'm kind of on the right track morally. I can give a couple of check marks and even, even if I don't give myself those check marks, people can give them to me because you know what? I'm trying to be good. I'm doing my best to be a good person. And I think that's just the best description right there. No vanity, no boast, no pride. I'm really just trying to be a good person, which is really what most of the world is trying to do, Christian or non-Christian. Society dictates that, you know what? Just be the best person that you can be. Be a good person. Try not to be a bad person. That means be a good person. So here he comes to Jesus and Jesus says, well, obey the commandments. And he says, well, just so I am clear, which commandments are you referring to? And Jesus lists a couple of commandments to which the young man probably breathed a sigh of relief and said, thank you, Lord. He's like, Lord, I do these things. Not only do I do them, I've been doing them since I was young, you know, and probably in his heart, he was glad. I would be glad. You would be glad. I think any of us coming to somebody who is of high esteem and that person has the answer to our our validity or whether you know what, whether we're going to pass or fail. And that person gives us the requirements and we are jumping for joy saying, thank you, Lord. I meet those requirements. And then Jesus says, okay, one more thing. He says, but if you would be perfect, as is depicted in one of the gospels, and in the other it says, yeah, but you lack one thing, meaning all those are good, but it's still not complete. He says, sell all that you have part with that which you have distributed to the poor give it away or you know um don't well he didn't say don't regard it even though that's what he meant but he said go and sell it you know or just give it give it to the poor give it to the to the um underprivileged or or unprivileged and he says because in in two of the gospels he explains further he said in by doing that you will store up treasure, treasures in heaven he said those your treasures here go and 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 give them away you know give it to the poor so that that will now cause you to store up tre treasure in heaven and then in all three gospels he said the man went away sad so think about it. He went away. He walked away. He gave no answer, but his leaving denoted that he wasn't going to stay because Jesus says, give it all away and follow me. And then the man was downtrodden. He's, the, the wind was literally taken out of his sails and he was bummed. 
and he went away sad. Now, if we really analyze that, I understand what it means, the things we're attached to and whatever, but really look at that action and look at the preceding action. He was already good. He was good. He wasn't bad. He did not come to Jesus and Jesus said, you have failed woefully. Get out there and go and just repent of your whatever. That was not the case. He was good. He was obeying the commandments. He had check marks on a lot of the things that many of us churchgoers, after going to church for 30 plus years, we still struggle on those things. But here was this guy, check, check, check pass, pass, pass. So he was already good. But when Jesus now said to him, if ye will be perfect, or one thing thou lackest, so even as you are good, in order to reach the highest level of good, which in other words is, if you want to be perfect, do dot, dot, dot. Part with this life, the thing that constitutes your life, that is not particularly an action per se, but this image or this substance or this foundation or this mindset or this belief or this whatever it is that is so huge that it is literally your life. It has become your life to the point that you can't imagine a life apart from this thing. And that's what the definition is. There is no life for you apart from this thing that Jesus is asking you to part with. And from that perfection, the man turned away. He was good, but he wasn't willing to go the extra mile to be perfect. And when we think of that, for those of us who come to God, or while we are in church, our moral platform gets some, you know, kind of gets cleaned up a little bit. Even if we came in doing all these things that the Lord listed, and somehow or another, as we're there, we start to check off, okay, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do that. For all the things that we can say, I don't do as far as the commandments are concerned. Jesus is now saying there is still another step that doesn't necessarily have to do with a checklist, but has to do with a substance that is us, that has to do with an attachment that we might not even be aware that is an attachment until he mentions it. That man in his, in a million years, did never assumed his attachment to his wealth was even a bad thing. But here was Christ saying, if you will be perfect, let go of the attachment. And when you say, don't do it theoretically, in this particular case, he told them, your theory is the practical, sell it. Because what did his disciples do in that day and age? They left all and followed him. 
That was the practice of being a disciple. It's not here where we can sit in our mansions and call ourselves disciples, where we're driving in our Mercedes Benz and calling ourselves disciples, where we're wearing our designer clothes and then calling ourselves disciples. That was not the case then. The case then was that if you were going to call yourself a disciple, you were going to be in the company of Jesus, walking from town to town, preaching the gospel. You have nothing. And that's what Peter said in the subsequent verses. He said, Lord, we have forsaken all and followed you. We have left everything and followed you. That was the requirement of the disciple back then. I don't think Jesus is asking us now to go and sell everything. However, Fig that, that, that instant has become figurative for us now. It was practical to that man then at that moment. But for us, it has become figurative in the sense that what is your attachment? And even in the revelation of the attachment, it is not something that our human mind can tell us because that man did not know it was an attachment until the Lord pointed it out to him. So when we hear this now, Knowing that for all the check marks that we have, and maybe rightly so, there is still an attachment that is substance to us. And it is only Christ that can reveal that attachment to us. And also when Peter asked him, who then can be saved, Lord? Because the Lord said, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man, anybody with an attachment that has become their world and their life to enter the kingdom of God. And Peter says, then, Lord, who can be saved? Who? Is it even possible for anyone to be saved? And Christ responds and says, with man, it is absolutely impossible. A camel cannot pass through the eye of a needle. But with God, it is possible. The same God who can reveal to us what that attachment is, is the same God who can deliver us from that attachment. The same God who can show us what our dependency is apart from him, is the exact same God who can free us from the bondage of that dependency. Seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be opened. Do we desire to go from being good to being perfect? Or do we walk away sad saying, you know what? I'm good with good. Because this perfection thing, it's not even possible. This is 2019. Nobody does that. We're not in Israel. We're not in the desert. We're not walking around on, 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 in sandals or riding around in camels. It's not the same. It doesn't apply. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not waver. If he says we have attachments, we have attachments. If, we, if he says we are not willing to take up our cross and follow him, then we are not willing. He has seen it. He has seen that thing in us that is keeping us from doing that. He wants us to see it too. And that's why he wants us to come to him so he can tell us what it is. So in our states now, whether we're bad, whether we're mediocre, but especially when we believe we are good, Still come to him and say, Lord, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? He will show us what our riches are. He will show us what our wealth is. And the minute that despondency hits us like a ton of bricks, because it will, 
if you are being honest with yourself. The minute that thing is revealed, <laughs> we will feel it and say, goodness gracious, Lord, how can I live apart from this? How can I live with this? How can I live under this? How can I live whatever that rich or dependency is? How can I do it, Lord? And he will say to us, in and of your own strength, it is impossible. But with me, everything is possible. Follow me. Seek me. Desire to be parted from it. Desire to sell it and follow me. And before you know what's happening, it will be gone from you because he will do it. We can't do it, but he can. So the question for me is, the question for you is, do you desire to be perfect or are you good? Am I good with just being good? Let us ask ourselves that question and then let us come to him for the answer. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.